Hey, welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. It's been a great day so far. Um, I hope you guys have been having a great week. Um, we're getting closer to where I'm able to actually move out to the summer and the summer to um, Entrose. Um, so keep praying that you know everything will just keep going through smoothly. Um, there's been a little hiccup, but I think God's going to provide no matter what. And especially if it's his will and his plan for it, it's going to go out great. Um, the other day I got to talk to my old pastor from when I was at a Baptist church here in Longmont. And we had a great conversation. We plan on talking some more because I kind of talked his ear off. But it was just because we hadn't seen each other talk to each other since like 2013. Um, because he moved away from here and went over to the East Coast. And so he, he's been really busy and, you know things happen like that but i'm just glad we're connecting again and it's been it was really enjoyable to talk to him but otherwise you know you know keep praying for the church there's people i've asked that i'm still waiting for them to respond because i'm hoping that they'll be as be convicted or at least be encouraged to make this move um one family has already said yes so that's exciting but the, another one i really i really believe that god's calling especially him to be a part of the church um but keep praying for him and 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 his wife and family and otherwise you know everything is going really well and i just wanted to encourage you guys to always seek out god first you know we talked about last week um all we need is love in quotes because the idea is that loving god first is about obeying god by doing what he asks of you with that being said i want to continue a little bit of this discussion about what is sin why is sin so deadly? Why is it so important? Why is it so... Why is it that God basically is telling us that our sin separates him? Now, many of you probably have heard what's called the Roman Road. Um, some of you may have not. Uh, I was brought up in churches like E-Free Churches that did use this method to kind of explain salvation. And also, even at the Baptist church, they even kind of talked about this Roman road. So the idea of the Roman road was that was what made it really intriguing because the Roman road concept comes from when Rome created roads. They were one of the first countries or nations or empires to actually create usable roads that would take people from A to B all over their empire. It was like having highways, basically. And so the idea of the Roman road for us as Christians was that it was like a pathway to salvation. Now, what's interesting and intriguing about this is that it's mostly based in Romans. Um, I'm not doing all of them, just doing the simplistic verses that they give, because there is actually other verses that some Roman roads have that what I found is just a simplified idea behind it. The first question that comes up is all have sin. What is sin, basically? So Romans 3.23 explains, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Okay? So that means that there's no one on this earth, besides Jesus, no one else on this earth has not sinned. Which means they've fallen short, which means that they don't deserve to go to heaven. I want you guys to be clear on that. You've fallen short, so you don't deserve to go to heaven. It also states in Romans 3, 10 through 12, there is no 
one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. See, this is the other, I, I believe is another lie in today's culture. We have to understand this one thing about sin. Sin separates from God, uh, us from God, okay? But sin also means we're not good. I want you guys to think about that. We are not naturally good. I'm sure all of you are like, but, you know, I do all these nice things for people. I help people. I do things for people. My concept of that thinking, when you want to do something good for someone else, why do you want to do it? That's the question you got to ask. Why do you go and help somebody? And if the words after that are so that I can feel better about myself, is that really being good? Or is that just another way to make yourself feel good? See, everything leads back to the self. It leads to the understanding of me, how I feel. You see, that's something I want you guys to think about. There is no one who does good, not even one. God understood this. This is why he sent Jesus, because it is not natural for us to chase after what is good, what is holy, what is upright. The Holy Spirit gives us that desire. That's why it says there is no one who seeks God, because it's not God that we're seeking. It's self that we seek. So why is it that people find God, discover God? The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes in and and basically like removes the guck from your eyes so that you can see who is God. So you chase after him because the Holy Spirit's been chasing after you this whole time. This is why it's so important to understand what grace is all about. People just, I, I believe there's a lot of Christians today that could not fathom understanding of grace so that all they depict is if i do these good stuff then it will find favor in god but we already could tell you this that all have sinned there's no one that's going to be noticed by god as holy upright meaning that they make no mistake because i think what people also do is they misunderstand righteousness with salvation being righteous means as someone who's walking the walk, but still, still is affected by sin. A righteous person still is affected by sin. It doesn't just go away because you, you you're walking upright. No, the sin's still going to try to work on you, and you may fall, and you may make mistakes, and you may not be able to get back on track. That's why it's really cool because David in Psalms fifty-one. Um, one through four and looks like 16 through 17 actually says have mercy on me O god according to your loving kindness according to the multitude of your tender mercies blot out my transgressions wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin for i acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me against you you only have i sinned and done this in done this evil in your sight 
for you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offerings. Offering. The sacrifices of God are broke a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. You see, God's looking for a changed heart. That means someone who recognizes that they've been doing something wrong and they change. Have you done that? Have you have you asked him to remove the sins that you have been doing for all these years so that you can be on track? This is a battle that I think a lot of people just don't understand. Like it is continuing Psalms because I, I did those verses, but verse seven even says, and this is NLT version. Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep me looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me. You see, that's how important it is for us to understand that sin breaks us in the wrong direction. He's talking about being broken because God broke him from his sin. God away from what he was doing wrong because the Holy Spirit breaks us. It helps us to remember truth, help us to remember God's verses, to put it in our heart so we can have it in our heart and not lose it. So why is it that there's so many of you out there, even me, who struggle in our sins and still think that we're walking upright, that we think we're good people, we think we're righteous because we follow rules and standards like going to church and and looking right and not cussing in front of the pastor how about um acting like a good person in front of everybody in the church but at home you act like you're some thug or you treat your wife right when everybody else is watching but when at home you treat her like she's nothing you're you're a dad at church but you don't show any any interest to your kid when you're at home you see, you can't live a triple, double, quadruple life. You can't have your cake, as some people say, and the frosting too. It doesn't work that way. And then we have to come down to what is the wages of sin? Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. That is it. There is no if, buts, or maybes, or options, or maybe if I do enough good, it won't be, you know, it'd be death, it'd be something else. It's not talking about your physical body. We're all going to physically die. What it's talking about is <clears throat> your spiritual death. That's why in John 3.18 it says, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son. So you got to 
you got to believe what God, Jesus did, what God did by sending his son. You got to, you got to believe in that. You got to understand that what he did was he forgave you. He took your debt. He died on the cross, not the physical death. It's not the part that matters. It was the blood, his shed being blood because that is vital for the sacrifice. But two, because he went to hell with all of our sins, took on the penalty of what it is to be a sinner, took it all. And then the third day defeated sin and defeated death. That is why it's so vitally important to understand that it's not, that it is a big deal to sin, that it's not meant to be, uh, you know, well, I just did a little bit of this the other day, or I lied a little bit, or, you know, I, I did steal a piece of gum. Like, like every sin is why Jesus had to die. It didn't matter how small it was. It doesn't matter how big it was. You could be just that, oh, you know, I just lied a few times throughout my life, or you could be Hitler who killed people or a murderer that you know of, or someone that you know robbed a bank and and did horrible things with the money. How about the, the drug abuser or the alcohol abuser? You, you can't compare yourself. That's the point I want you to understand. Stop comparing yourself. The wages of sin is death. That's it, final. So after all that, after knowing all that has happened, is there any hope for us? Well, of course there is. God's free gift is Romans 6.23, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, the hope is understanding that grace is something that we do not deserve because of our sin. We don't deserve grace. But yet, God provided it. This is why it's so important for you to understand that your sin is not to be taken lightly. Don't be fooled. Think that, well, you know, I live with my girlfriend and we do sleep together and we do have sex, but we're planning to get married and justify your sin. No, that's wrong. Well, I have a really hard time in life, so I need to drink to make myself drunk so I can forget. That's wrong. But but if I lie, it'll help my family get more money. It's still wrong, but who's providing for you? You or your God? You got to understand, it doesn't matter how small or big the, the sin is, it is still sin in God's eyes. He is holy, means that no sin can stand before him. And if you're continually walking in it, he can't use you. Because you're chasing after the world. You're chasing after your own desires and what you want to feed yourself. Stop feeding yourself and start feeding yourself with truth. And then the fourth and most important thing for this half of the of the series is confess to Jesus your sins. Confess Jesus is Lord. Confess your sins. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10.9. Romans 10.13 is for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Confess your sins. Repent and confess that he is your Lord. He is your Savior. He is the one that's going to save you from your sins. And we've talked about John 3, 16 and 17. 
and you know pretty much those verses, especially if you're brought up in um, good churches that teach some of this mindset or these verses. You know, it says, For God, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. Because you got to understand something. We are already judged. That's another thing I hear people say, well, we're not supposed to be judging others. We're not judging others. We're telling others. Me confronting you about your sin is not judging you. Me confronting you is telling you that is wrong and there's someone that loves you very much. That's Jesus. If you confess that to him that he is your savior, he can save you from those sins. You understand that? Because you go to verse 18. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged. Remember, I said that. We're not believing in God, God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on the fact God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for, the, for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. It's all about obedience. Accept Christ as your Savior and now obey what he tells you to do. Repent from your sins. Turn from them. If they keep hovering, fight back. Ask Jesus to cleanse you again. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you how to not be tempted so easily. As you remember, God doesn't tempt us. He provides ways to get out so we're not excused of our sins. Well, it's hard where I live, then move. Well, my friends, then don't make them your friends. Move. Find other friends. Yeah, but you know, this is how it, that's not, it's not an excuse. You can't sit there and keep calling all these excuses to try to justify your action. That's not what God wants. Change. That's what he wants. He wants to see change. So we're going to take a quick break and I want you to think about that and we'll be right back. Hey guys, welcome back. And we have been just talking about the Roman road. Um, now we're going to kind of move over to what I wanted to talk about is a little bit about Noah's Ark and not the whole thing. We're not going to go through the whole story, but I wanted you guys to understand something very important out of all of this is how deadly important it is to understand how sin is, what sin does to us and how bad is it? Now, most of us know Noah's Ark as, you know, he builds the boat, only his family get on it, and all, like, two two of each animal, male and female, get on the boat. A lot of us, what we don't remember is the why. We may say, oh, well, the world was evil. Yes, but how evil? That's the point I want you guys to understand. And this is kind of the world that we're starting to live in even today. Look at how our our, our culture is. Look how America has become. Look at other nations and how what they have allowed and disallowed and and just the the changes the the acceptance of sinful lives as okay the normal is to sleep with your girlfriend 
So that way you can find out if she's compatible. The normal is having sex because how do you know if they're going to have good sex after marriage? The thing is commitment as long as you're not married. So that way it's easy to get out. That's why people don't get married. These are all vital things that God has pointed out in his scripture, what not to do and what you're supposed to do that we are starting to ignore. Let alone accepting homosexuality as a normal. Let alone not really talking about sin because we don't want to offend people. Because we're more concerned about the numbers that come to our church and the money that we get and not, not doing what God asks of us. People aren't going to like you for doing what is right. Why do you think when we talk about things that are right, there's a big backlash of people saying, oh, you guys are just old people, old, old thinking minded people. You need to get into the times. So we need to accept sin for us to be normal. That's why there's so many people, I think, in our churches that really don't know their scriptures. Don't read them. Like they're supposed to. So let's get down to it. It's Genesis 6. And it starts out with, then the people began to multiply on the earth. Now, this is talking about the human race. And daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw the beautiful women. Now, this, what people believe are angels, came down and took any that, that any they wanted as their wives. Then the Lord said, my spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time, for they are only mortal flesh. In the future... Their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years. So you can see right now, that's what sin does automatically. It starts making things less. It starts causing more problems, more consequences. In those days, and for some time after, giant Nephilites lived on the earth. For whenever the sons of God had intercourse with, with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. Isn't that an interesting thought? There's a lot of stories, I think, that we don't know what was going on from Adam to Noah that God did not put in there because they were not part of his plan and story. And this was not part of his plan, which tells us, too, the angels still made choices. Okay. Verse 5, the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. And he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. Now, I want you guys to understand, he didn't put on, you know, underlined or underneath there saying homosexuality, um, sleeping with their girlfriends, not getting married, having babies before marriage, um, drinking until you're drunk, doing drugs, and, you know, lying, stealing, murder. Like, he didn't put that list underneath that. Why? Because he already gives us that information over time. We go look through all the scriptures, you would understand that he shares with us the sins that we're not supposed to be doing. So the rocket scientists in your mind should say, what does it mean total evil? Does he mean just murdering people? Does he see once you start putting rankings on what sins are evil versus what is okay, because as long as there's consent, then it's okay. You're already missed out. You're totally off the course. You're not even understanding your scriptures. When he's talking about evil, he's talking about every type of sin, but it was so regular 
that it was despicable. Like he couldn't stand looking at us as humans. So in verse 6 it says, So the Lord was sorry, understand this, he was sorry he had ever made them, talking about humans, and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race. Now remember, God is love, right? But he's also holy and he's also judge. I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing. That's how distraughtly angry he was about what he was seeing. He was sorry he ever made us. And he was willing to destroy everything. All the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them. But Noah found favor with the Lord. Because one person was willing to speak truth, stand up, be holy. Well, holy is possible. Righteous is what they call him. So in verse 9 it says, This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, that only the only blameless person living on earth at the time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah was the father of three sons, Shem, Hem, and Japheth. Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world, for everyone on the earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence, yes, I will wipe them out along with the earth. Okay? He said this. After this, he tells Noah about making a boat. Then we have years pass by. Finally, a flood comes, and you know that Noah's family is the only one that survives with all the animals that he was able to get on there, and everything else was destroyed. People mocked and laughed and thought he was insane. But guess what? He obeyed God even through the mockery. He obeyed God because he wanted God to love him back. He wanted to serve him. He chose to be faithful, and he chose to walk in righteousness. It does not mean that no one never made mistakes. It doesn't mean that he didn't make wrong decisions in his life. But being blameless meant that he wasn't following the wickedness of this world. He had chosen God's worldview, not the world's worldview. So even in our struggles, when we start failing, it doesn't mean that we are automatically thrown on the side of the of the wicked ones. Because we have now, because today we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us discernment. It tells us, hey, you know, Bill, you shouldn't have lied. Well, I needed to. Well, it's wrong. And you have a choice. You can keep the secret, apologize, or continue to lie. See, the choices that we are given have do have consequences. And if you know anything about a tangled web, especially any of you guys who have ever um, listened to Adventures in Odyssey, you know there's that episode with Connie about the tangled web. When you make a lie, you have to make another lie to justify the other lie. And to justify that lie, you also have to make another. You have to you have to basically make a whole fabrication of story to make the one piece be true. So it makes a web in your life. And that web, just by making one mistake, you know how web is. If you break a web, it all breaks down real fast. That's why it's called a web. 
So I want you guys to understand this. You being men of God, you being men who are leading your homes, who are leading in your church, communities, whatever it may be, you as men of God need to understand that you need to stop sinning. We will make mistakes. We will fail. We will fall. Look at David. You can see even King Saul. There's plenty of examples that we could show people who were righteous and walked right still made mistakes. But God is always there to take you back. Even Solomon, who was the wisest man on earth, still failed. Still made his mistakes. But the door was always open for repentance, to get back on track, to walk upright, to be men of righteousness. A lot of times we follow our emotions and make mistakes because we follow our emotions. That means we need to be careful. One of the weaknesses of man, as much as that, as we act like we don't have emotion, is our emotion gets the best of us, no matter what. And that, I mean, that goes with women too, but as men, you know, we try to hold a, a stout stance and show no emotion, no crying, whatever. But our emotions get the best of us. Our feelings do get in the way. I mean, think about it. How many men that you know that are pastors have fallen because they counseled a woman and then started having feelings for her? That's how easy it is. Feelings for her means you had an emotional attraction or attachment to her and easily could fall into that. How easy was it to, to lie for your family? How was it easy was it to maybe uh, justify your actions, even though you were really mean to your kids? But hey, I'm dad, I'm boss. We think that's being leaders, but if you're doing it out of anger or to get your way out of it, because sometimes we use our authority to get our way to make us feel better, to make us want what we want and not really think about others. You see, sin is not something that just, there's there's not like sin light or uh, diet sin that we can do. All sin is equal to God. Lie is a lie. Stealing is stealing. Murder is murder. Hate is hate. Sleeping with someone is sleeping with someone. Like you can't excuse it and make it sound like it's okay. No. God was willing to destroy a whole, his whole creation of humanity because of sin. Want that to sink in your guys' head. You're thinking, well, you know, all I do is, you know, look at pornography. That, that, that destroys so many families today. Well, but I, I, there's no excuse. It destroys families. You may not see it right now. You may see it in a bit. You may not even be noticing what it's doing to your family. How has it affected your sons? Have they been into pornography? Have you asked them? Because I'm pretty sure if you have hidden magazines around the house, they probably found it already. How about stuff you watch? Games you play? People you hang out with? men that you're around 
Are they talking women as items, sexual tools? Has your son heard them? See, sin is everywhere. It's not just waiting at the door for you to walk outside. It's already there. It is part of our nature. Holy Spirit gives us the, the capability of discernment. The capability of not being subject to it. Because we're not enslaved to it. If you accepted Christ as our Savior, boom, you have the Holy Spirit. If you're truly struggling with a lot of these sins, you've got to ask yourself, have you truly surrendered yourself to Christ? Have you truly given him everything? Did you truly accept him as your savior? Because the battle should not be where the sin is winning all the time. You should struggle, because we all struggle, that 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 that's exists. But you shouldn't feel like you're enslaved to sin because then you're there's something not right about your relationship with God. But I read the Bible, I pray all the time. That doesn't mean that you accepted Christ. Because remember, even devils, demons, know the scriptures. They fear God. Remember when Jesus was coming up to them, that man that had like a legion of demons and they begged him to not cast them to hell, but what, to send them to the pigs? They feared him. You gotta understand, you should not be bound to your sin. So there's two things. Either you were never truly saved or you know that you're doing something wrong and you're allowing yourself to continue to do it because you don't want to change anything. You see, changing your situation can help you a lot. Like I said, if you are having problems in the town or city that you live in where you know you struggle with drugs and alcohol and you know getting in trouble and you're still living in the same situation that you're living in and expecting it to be different because now you know Jesus, you haven't changed anything. You still live in the worldview that you live in and you're just expecting things to get better. No, sometimes you may have to make the choice. You know, family, I love you guys and I wish I could stay near you, but there is so much issue for me here. We are, I'm taking me and my family and we're moving somewhere else where I can get on track and I can walk in righteousness and be a man of God. Sometimes you need to remove the issues for you to focus on God correctly. I mean, there's nothing wrong in turning from sin to get away from it. If you have bad friends that are teaching you bad things and talking about bad things, you may have to tell them, I'm sorry, I can't keep your friendship. You're... You're causing me to sin. You're causing me to fall back into my old ways, and I don't want to. You may have to do that. It's okay. But I gave you a lot of the stuff to think about today, and I hope this will be an inspiration for you guys to really think about the importance of sin and getting it out of your life, that it does break us down. We can be enslaved to it, if we don't know Christ. But we can continue to sin even if we have Christ because we want it to be a part of our life. You 
got to choose to change. You got to change your situation to change. You can't just keep living in the same lifestyle over and over and expect God to just clear things up when you're not even willing to change yourself. I hope this, I mean, it's a lot of, a lot of stuff we talked about. Hope this is going to help you guys, you know, to understand what it means to be a man of God, to be a warrior within and be that warrior out because God can use you if you're willing. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, thank you so much for all that you do. And I pray that you start changing men today, that you start seeing men repenting. And if they thought they were saved, that they make sure they understand what grace is about, that they understand what it means to ask Jesus to be their savior and that they turn from their sin. If there's not change from their sinful life, then there's something they're not doing right, Lord. They may have to change their situation. They may have to move. They may have to rearrange the friendships they have, maybe not hang out with certain friends so much. I just pray, Lord, that you give them the courage to do so. They want to stand up and be righteous men. They want to be warriors and they want to be men of God. They need to change their life and their choices, the people they hang out with, maybe the location they live in, to get themselves into a situation that allows them to honor you in everything that they do. I thank you, Lord, for all that you do. I ask that you bless this podcast for those that are going to listen, that they may be transformed by your grace and walk in righteousness. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you guys and ladies. I pray that you guys have a blessed day. Um, I do ask, please support this podcast. Um, you can spend, you know, like five bucks a month where that money that I'll be getting from that will go towards basically me starting you know, with my church and, and working with me for my wife and I to live where we want to live in Montrose. And it'd be really helpful to have a little extra money here and there. Um, Cause if you know anything about pastor life, you know, it's all about, know going around doing things and serving and writing coffee for people and it'd be just really helpful um if if anything just support us even if you want to do it just for a year that's fine i'm not asking you guys to all like throw in tons of money i just want you guys to support i want to know that you know i am helping others i I, like it's it's be encouraging to know that some people are willing to support us that way Otherwise, thank you for listening. I I pray that these podcasts are helpful and encouraging and that they build you guys up and they help you guys to understand the importance of being a warrior with them. You guys have a great day and be blessed.